Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys. So today my guest is Elena Deutsch. She's the founder and CEO of WILL, which stands for Women Interested in Leaving Law. Elena has a background in executive and leadership coaching, and she brings this to her process of helping lawyers discover what they want, leverage their strengths, and research new possibilities. Um, Sounds pretty familiar, right? (laughs) Elena and I are so aligned on a lot of our thinking about this and our approach to it. I think you'll hear here in our conversation, we kind of geek out on the strengths finder test and all of that. So I know that you're really going to enjoy this episode with Elena. Before jumping in, I just also wanted to remind you that the link to the Lawyer's Escape Route quiz is in the uh, show notes. Uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, responses to it and it's really fun. So um, just hop in there and take it. Uh, Yeah. On to the episode. Elena, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Megan. I am extremely excited to be with you. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. So normally my first question is, what took you to law school? But I won't ask you that question because you, unlike my other guests, are not a former lawyer. You had the good sense to not go to law school. In the first place. You, could, you could ask me what took you away from law school. <laughs> and I have a good answer for that question. Yeah. But why don't we, um, what, could you just tell us sort of what your background is and what has come you to bring you into the world of us lawyers? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So my background is in nonprofits and public health, and then I got into coaching. And um, I really very intentionally did not go to law school. I had always thought I would be a lawyer when I was a kid because my dad was one. Um, And then my dad really lost his way. He was a criminal defense attorney in New York City. And we grew up playing, you know, I used to go to court with him and help him with his files. And we used to play mock trial around the dinner table at night. Yeah. But one night my dad didn't come home and he luckily fine. He was fine. He was safe, but he had been arrested. So, um, so yeah, (laughs) he embezzled money from a client and he, uh, he, he, you know, was disbarred. And it really did keep me from ever going down that path. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like sort of, I mean, that's an extreme example of something keeping you away from the law. But yeah, so, you know, in a weird way, I really like, you know, when something bad happens in your life, and then later, you can see it as something good. Yeah, yeah. Like In some way, that all happening I, I truly believe led me to my calling, which I believe is my business will and helping women lawyers and, and some men who feel trapped and unhappy and don't want to keep being a lawyer. Um, I feel like in some way, my dad's actions all the way back then yeah. led me to this now. Yeah. So you had 
had a background in um, coaching and leadership training. How did how did you come to work sort of exclusively with lawyers? So ever since I started coaching, I attracted lawyers to me. I always mm-hmm. like was helping some lawyer figure out what else they could do. And then, <laughs> there's, there's so many of us who need help. <laughs> I know, I know, but it was, like, it was kind of weird. I mean, I wasn't trying. It was just yeah. like who I was who I was helping. And, you know, when you, when I did my coach training, I was doing pro bono and then very low cost coaching. And, you know, again, these, these lawyers were just, I even don't remember how we were finding each other. Yeah. Um, But then, then I had a previous business to, to Will and I was coaching and doing leadership work, as you said, with a business partner and he had a lot of relationships in law firms and we started doing leadership coaching in law firms. Mm-hmm. And when I would, you know, be coaching a fifth or sixth year rising associate, and I would say, what are your goals? Do you want to make partner? And they would look at me like a deer in the headlight <laughs> <laughs> oh. and lean in and whisper, can I really talk to you about this? Yeah. Then I would say, yeah. And sometimes I had to renegotiate the terms of the engagement or sometimes, you know, firms were hiring us to help people make these transitions. Yeah. And I mean, and it's part of the model, right? Not everyone can stay and make partners. So I think there is some understanding that it's not for everybody. Yeah. Even though there's like a constant game of chicken going on. <laughs> exactly. It's not like me first. You know, is it me or is it the firm? Right, right. So, um, so. Yeah, so I, I and I love it when firms are ahead of that and they truly work with their associates to help them figure it out. And and I actually do some work for firms. It's very kind of quiet and under the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um I really so that that kept happening and then I I I turned 50. My mom had died a couple of years before that my business partner wanted to take our business in a direction I didn't want to go in. Mm-hmm. And I really had this, my own wake up call of wanting to do this work, wanting to help women lawyers figure it out and make that yeah. the focus of my business. Yeah. So having now worked with many lawyers, are you typically helping them sort of, strategize leaving their job and what are the we can get more into sort of the details of your of your work a little later but what what sort of do do these lawyers present with what is sort of driving them to come talk to you and what are the particular challenges you see them come with it's such a great question they typically present with feeling stuck with feeling like they don't know what else they could do. Many of them know they either don't want to practice law anymore, and some of them are not sure they ever really did. Um, And some of them might want to continue practicing, but they know they don't want to stay in a big firm environment or the kind of legal environment they're in, because I work with women in all kinds of legal environments, some Mm -hmm. governance, some in-house roles. Um, they know they don't want to stay where they are and they don't know what else they want to do. So that's, those, that's primarily it. Many of them feel like they have no control over their, over their own time and schedule. And they're, they, they want more joy and freedom and fulfillment 
in their yeah. life. And and I think the last part, the fulfillment is like that many of them, many, many want to do work that's more meaningful in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's especially true, you know, since 2016, especially true since COVID. Like yeah. they, they don't want to keep doing work that does not align with their values and, and like doesn't feel they're living their purpose here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what you said at the beginning is, is I think so true for so many is you have these senses that you want to be aligned. You want to do something that fulfills you, but then it's kind of like now, but what? (laughs) Like I've spent my whole life on this path and no one told me I was going to have to learn a whole new (laughs) other way of, of functioning really. So. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, a woman came to me recently, and this is a little bit, I think, of a heartbreaking story, but hopefully, hopefully hopeful, uh, in that her mother was a lawyer at a big firm. And she said the only time, and her mother may partner, and so her mother's probably, you know, like in her 60s now, right? Yeah. Let's just guess. And, um, and she said the only time she really got with her mother was they would have lunch together on Saturdays. Yeah. And yeah. she now has a daughter and she does not want to repeat that for her daughter. And yet there's all these layers, right? It's what she thought she was going to be when she grew up and she doesn't want to, you know, reject what her mother chose as her profession. Right. So um, hopefully we're going to get a chance to really untangle that for her so she can step into what she wants to do here with her life. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard. That's something I hear a lot talking on this podcast and with people is, you know, you, you committed, you you went to school, you spent all this time and effort getting to where you were. And it really does become sort of central to your identity to be a lawyer. Um, And it's what you expect of yourself, but then you also feel like the world is expecting it of you. (laughs) And do you find that that is particularly true of lawyers it feels particularly true to me but that's kind of the circles that absolutely. I run in. <laughs> oh, Megan, absolutely so so many people like have the you've worked hard for the identity of a lawyer right yeah. you, you worked hard in college to get good grades you took the LSAT you made it through law school you passed the bar exam like you earned that like and and it's such a societally recognized badge of honor yeah. Um, and, and there's something to be proud in that. And yet when it doesn't feel good or it doesn't fit or it gets too heavy, you, yeah, there is so much of like, I don't know how to put this down because it's become so much of quote unquote who I am. Right. And one of the things that I share with members of will, and if anyone's listening, if this is useful, please, of course, use it is to, instead of you know, the words I am are two of the most powerful words in the English language because they speak to that identity. Yeah. And, and language not only describes reality, but it helps define it. Yeah. So when we keep saying I am a lawyer, that keeps reinforcing that identity when maybe you want to try and do something else and be a different way. Yeah. So my suggestion is like try saying I do lawyering 
or I, I'm, I'm lawyering today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make lawyering the verb instead of the noun. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it gets so enmeshed for a lot yeah. of, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, when, and when we, you know, when we hook into our identity, it, it can be super helpful to hook into our identity. It's like one of my identities is I am a creator. Right. Yeah. So like, that's like, Ooh, that's kind of juicy for me. And like, what am yeah. I going to create today in my business? Yeah. Um, so what other identities feel good, feel expansive? Yeah. I, I feel like we rule things out. Do you find this with lawyers that, you know, I remember saying, Oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, mm-hmm. which was not true. <laughs> As like, like where you are, like, her <laughs> design business. And, right, right. You know. So, it, but, but, you know, it feels very intractable that idea of like, this is what I do. And do you find that there's a lot of resistance to sort of broadening, you know, what their identity could be or what the possibilities could be. Yeah. I mean, that's the process I take people through, yeah. right? And they've, they've signed up and they've invested in money and doing right. it. So, <laughs> so most of them really you believe you can help them. Right? <laughs> I, I, I know yes. I, if they're coming and they want to do that, then I know that we can help them. And I say, we yeah. I've got some amazing other coaches working with me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, uh, Big Magic, talks about mm-hmm. like, we are all creators. Like, since the dawn of, you know, humanity, we've, we've woven things together and been creative in how we made gardens and, yeah. and kept ourselves warm and clothed and sheltered, right? And so we all have that in our DNA. Yeah. And it's a process of allowing ourselves to open that up and explore. And, and that's the beautiful thing I get to help people. Well, maybe this is a good transition. You can tell us a little bit about your process. Sure. So what I've created in Will is, is a hybrid process of like both some self-study components and, um, and a chance to really walk through this, this, uh, self-discovery. I call the process EASE, E-A-S-E. And it stands for getting clear on the elements that you want present in your work and your life. And we do the Strengths Finder assessment with everyone. So we draw from that. I love the Strengths Finder assessment. Oh my God. All right. We're going to talk about what we can, we can share. Wait till you hear what mine are. And you'll be like, why were you ever a lawyer? Oh my God. Tell me your strengths. I have to know now and then we'll get okay. back. Okay. Communication. Yes. Futuristic. I love it. Woo. Uh, me too. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, includer. I love it. Mm-hmm. And what's the other one? Arranger. Oh, activator. Activator. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> people not who are not versed in Strengths Finder. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> no, no surprise you started a podcast, right? Communication right. is an influencing <laughs> skill and you want to spread ideas and people listen to you. Yeah. Um, I have no executing strengths, which is not funny. Me neither. Me neither. So so mine are strategic ideation, Mm -hmm. and those are both in the strategic domain. Yeah. Uh, Connectedness. So I have this ability to connect quickly and powerfully with with other people in a very genuine way um, because I'm I'm genuinely curious. Uh, Woo also. Nice. And positivity. 
I think positivity is like my number six or something. Yeah, so. So you did. You unlocked it all, all thirty-four. Then, <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> I must know everything about myself. <laughs> wants us really to focus on our top five because that's where we can go from good to great to zone of genius. Yeah. Yes. What I find in many, many will members is they have achiever in their top five. So they're high achieving uh, women and they have learner in their top five. Mm -hmm. And many of them also, they love to learn, right? They, they love school. They love law school. It's the practice of law and the, you know, make sure you dot every I cross every T they can do it, but it's not as much fun as digging into the concepts and learning new information. Yeah, absolutely. I I hear that from so many people that, you know, you know, I think back in the day, like in the seventies, law school was miserable. Um, I mean, my dad was a lawyer too. And he's like, it was the worst. (laughs) And I don't think it has that terrible, terrible sort of culture as much most places anymore. So I hear a lot of people sort of my, my, generation younger saying I liked law school I just don't like being a lawyer right right yeah and that's that's that learner you know you yeah. love the learning but if you're if you get into a role where you're just pigeonholed or you're doing you know document contract after contract and you know or you're put into as many juniors are right into like roles that are not that interesting yeah. uh, that's where a lot of people are feeling stuck and unhappy yeah. So, and you had mentioned, um, oh, sorry, you had mentioned um, zone of genius, and maybe you could sort of elaborate on what that is and what the origin of that concept is. Yeah, I would be happy to. So, in in Strengths Finder and in some other other work, there's an amazing book called The Big Leap by Gay mm-hmm. Hendricks, who also talks about being in your zone of genius. Um, so that might be a good thing to reference. Yeah. So we all have these natural gifts and talents, right? Like I've always been a positive person. Um, I've always been interested in connecting with others. I'm not putting it on. I couldn't like at the level that I can do it, but, but if I'm not working with my strengths, then, um, it's, it's, it's a recipe for dissatisfaction and unhappiness, and let me let me give you an example. So there are a number of will members who have empathy and harmony in their top five. And when we leverage our top five, we can, that's where we can go to from zone of good to great to zone of genius. Yeah. And um, you know, they there. I'm thinking about two people in particular, and they both were litigators <laughs> and like really oh, unhappy. <laughs> their strengths, their natural gifts and talents of harmony and empathy are generally not valued in a litigious environment. Right, right. Right? So one of them is now um, interested in starting her own business and in starting her own practice as a trust and estate attorney. Mm-hmm. And she's really interested in people and wants to hear their stories and wants to help them out. And she's got some other of her strengths are um, absolutely leading her to something more entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. where she can, you know, have a big impact on people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of like going from, you know, under leveraging her strengths to focus. Yeah. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And the other one, she's, you know, she left her big law firm. She went to work on the Biden campaign in Michigan 
and was there for, you know, the vote oh. count and everything. I was and in then, Michigan for the election too. Randy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and she, um, she told me a story about she, you know, they had food set up in the hotel conference room that they were in, or they were like in a big ballroom to spread out. So people weren't so close together. And she started chatting with one of the women who was doing the food service and like heard her whole story. And the woman had COVID and her husband had COVID and they were in separate hospitals and her husband died and she didn't get to say goodbye to him. And like just the empathy and the connection with which, you know, I'll call her Lisa with which this member like got this story and then has been recounting this story. Now here I am sharing it again. Like her empathy is her, just her superpower. Yeah. And she made a connection with that woman, like at this deep heart to heart level that helps me understand better the impact that COVID had on, on this person's life. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I think sometimes people identify those things as just, well, you don't even notice when you're like, she probably doesn't really register that as a strength. It's just sort of comes so naturally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what yeah. we do. We help you the strengths under assessment and you can just go online and take it. Right. It's, it's yeah. about $20 assessment. Um, we, you know, with members, we do a deep dive and a debrief to help you realize like it is those things that, that come so naturally, right. They are those things yeah. that you, you don't even think it's a big deal. It's human nature to think that what we're gifted and talented at, that everyone's good at it. Yeah. It's yeah. Not true. Right. Right. <laughs> how did it help you? I'm really curious. How did like your strength finder help you? Um, even as I was sort of transitioning, you know, I, when I was at the, I left law and I was just like, I got to get out. I'm going to go do this thing. It has mm-hmm. to do with international programs and I love travel. It wasn't like super in depth, <laughs> my thought process about that one. But as I was thinking about my next shift, I, um, I started to look at things like, oh, maybe I would um, want to do event because my job at the law school was kind of event space. I was like, maybe I can do that because that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I took the the test and I was like, you're not executing all these things is not mm-hmm. going to make you happy. All those details and spreadsheets of like. No, you know, I was like, know. I can do it. And I think I've been very confused because I always have been able to do it and do it at like a a level that was not problematic, you know, like I was right. good enough at it good. Right. because it's what I kept doing. I thought, well, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And it really was like a light shining to go, no, maybe it's this other stuff, you know? Yeah. And like you said, the podcast was like you know, talking to people and sharing stories and getting people on board to be inspired about the future. Like that stuff comes very naturally. To right, me. right. Um, just, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're good at something doesn't mean you love doing it. Right. So like you right. execute an event and spreadsheets and, and, but it doesn't sound like it lit you up the way what you're doing now does. Right. Exactly. And it's even sort of played into how I'm structuring the interior design side of things that I'm doing. You know, maybe I don't want to be the full service 
soup to nuts person, you know, maybe I'm more the idea person, <laughs> you That's know, so, you know, just trying to structure how I'm doing things now around that being sort of in the background of, of acknowledging my strengths and my yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's, the, that's the beauty of making this kind of intentional career shift and transition and transformation yeah. that, that you've been through and that I help people through is you get to, you get to be super thoughtful and intentional. And un, once you understand where your real natural gifts and talents are structuring your work and your life around that, that's where you can go to the zone of genius. Yeah. Do you find that people like maybe don't identify with their strengths in the sense of a job? They'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm good at empathy or I'm good at communication. But what job is that? <laughs> and, yeah. and and it doesn't seem realistic. I hear a lot of that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's I think I'll I'll head back to the, the process that we take people. I think this is a good dovetail yeah, yeah. to that, which is once you know the elements of what you want present in your in your work in your life, in terms of your skills and your strengths and your interests and your values and the specifics for how you want your life structured and the kind of flexibility you want, the kind of environment you want to work in. Once mm-hmm. you have all that, we we then brainstorm new possibilities for you that get you really excited and inspired. Yeah. We yeah. take, you know, we take each individual's raw elements and melt it down. Um, and then, then the next phase. So that's elements is the E the A is mm-hmm. healing new possibilities. And then the S in the E's model sounds for study. So then you go out and you do research and you have conversations. And when you start finding evidence of, um, of, People out there are doing it. Yeah, it might not be easy. And was getting through law school easy and being an an attorney? Like, like, no, you can do hard things. Right, right. Right? And so I think lawyers think they can do hard, um, hard things that come with some clarity, right? Like, you know what you're supposed to do in law school. I find that lawyers are often a little like... If it's hard and unknown, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's part of the challenge of of stepping away from that lockstep system where what's expected of you is is known. And that takes takes courage and it takes also a certain amount of pain, if I'm really honest, that like it has to feel so uncomfortable that what you're doing makes you so unhappy um, that you're, you're willing to to explore and listen to your heart and learn new skills and and believe that you can do it. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, maybe this is the futuristic in me, but I'm like, it could be so much better. <laughs> like you have to believe that. Yes. I have to in my top 10 also. And that's, that's that vision of like being able to hold the vision of, of, of what's to come. Of, yeah, you know, and being able to see it so that you can act towards it. And you don't have to have that strength. You can, you know, pair up with someone yes. who can help yeah, leverage somebody else's sort of vibe on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, underneath all this, these steps, the, the last step is engage, right? Engage mm-hmm. in action, engage in mindset work also, which is I think mm-hmm. what we're really talking about here too. Right, which right. is engage in building new mindset 
skills, really. So you can start to see the world in new ways because what we pay attention to grows. Yeah, absolutely. And if we Um, only focus on like, I can't, I don't know how, I'm stuck, then what do you get more of? Yeah, exactly. I sort of, that's what I always think is, you know, if you, what you know how to do and what comes naturally has gotten you where you are. And if you're meeting you or listening to this podcast, it's because you don't want that. (laughs) So it probably means doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that can be really scary. It can be really scary and uncomfortable. Um, But you know, we don't, we don't go to yoga class or workout. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We can be stretched and grow and get stronger. Do people realize they're getting on this personal development journey? I, I love that you said, do they know that they're getting on a personal <laughs> development journey? I think some part of them know. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then they're like, oh, it's, it's, I mean, I tell them when we have a conversation, like, this is not your resume. Like, I'm not doing right. your resume. <laughs> we don't start with that. Uh, we start with you, with who yeah. you are, with what you want, with expanding your ability to see what's possible for you. Yeah. And once you see that it's possible, it's way easier to take the action towards it. Totally. Totally. So there is, it's, it's so definitely. there's definitely personal development involved for sure and really would you want it any other way no you know I think you know I I have been on that that journey myself and it you realize you're going to end up at so much better of a, a place if you do this work as part of trying to figure out your next step as opposed to just um yeah sending out a resume and trying to match up your skills with whatever this job is, you know, just because you're desperate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And listen, if you need a job, like you can always make money lawyering. There are so many ways to do that. And I've, I've heard so many times, like I'm tired of being a, you know, square peg in a round hole. And I I feel like I can't breathe when I walk into work and I have the Sunday night dread Every day. (laughs) And that's, so we want, we want you to be able to breathe again and be who you really are. Yeah. And and it's just amazing. Some of the results people get from doing this work. Lawyering too. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is, is what is your experience with, uh, you know, people staying in practice in some form versus sort of going off into a different field. Yeah, I would say about half of Will members stay lawyering, maybe, maybe 60, 65% stay lawyering. Mm-hmm. And, and many more stay lawyering for a while while they're working on figuring something else out. Or, right. or they're starting, they're taking a writing class, or they're taking, you know, a comedy class. Or yeah. learning to improving their public speaking skills, or um, we've got a couple of people interested in forest therapy and forest yeah. bathing. So there's yeah. that, and then there are people who also start their own law firms 
or go to work in house at great places that feel that align with their values and interests. And, um, you know, there's the member I was talking about who's start, who's going to start her own trust and estate firm. So she's working on her LLM in that. Mm, So there's no, you know, and, and some people stay in their firms and choose, you know, want to get pregnant and use the mount leave benefits and, yeah, so yeah. Everyone's, there's no one right answer. There's no one size of of success. Yeah. Um, one one member, she left her firm. She actually like stayed through a mat leave, uh, and she she left after that. And I paused and hesitated because it was like complicated. She had to work so much during her pregnancy that in retrospect, I'm not sure she would have stayed through that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she did and she's fine and the baby's fine. And uh, she left after her mat leave and she uh, just got and accepted an offer at a legal startup, which is doing social justice work focused on immigration. Oh, cool. I know, right? Yeah. I'm super excited. It's a group of other women and they're all moms and she's going to be able to work remotely indefinitely. And yeah. for her, it just ticked all the boxes. Yeah. And that's why you want to do this this work because, you know, for me, I think the answer was that being practicing law was not a good fit for me, regardless of the environment. (laughs) But that's not, you know, that's not true for everybody. And so it's sort of figuring out which, which of these categories do you fall into following your strengths? Right, right. And for so many people, it's like, okay, the next step is, let's say, out of a big firm and into something, um, maybe a more boutique firm that has a better quality of life. Like that might be someone's next step. And like for you, you made a step into like a legal adjacent role. Right. And, you know, I spoke with someone recently who she, she went from a firm to work for do legal work for the environmental defense fund. And that had been her dream for a really long time. And now she wants to do something different. She's like, what do I do after I've achieved that dream? Yeah. You know, I, I think about this a lot because I did not go to the law f- school thinking I was going to spend nine years there and then go do a completely different thing, right? But it's okay if this is just your first step of an evolution, right? Exactly. Like, I think what happened to me can happen to other people in that you're like, okay, I found the answer. Like, that's going to be it now. <laughs> and then you freak out when it isn't. <laughs> right. And, and we're all continuously evolving. And that's like yeah. a huge mindset shift. It's not yes. like oh, you get a job and you stay there. And, and I mean, maybe that's true for some people and that's how they want it. But if you don't want it like that, if it's not feeling yeah. good, like this is, we're all continuously evolving. And yeah. you know, Will is not, I started Will really I did a pilot group in 2017 and then I really launched it in late 2017, early 2018. And, you know, it's three years old now and I'm, I'm evolving it too. It's evolving. Yeah. yeah. Well, that keeps it interesting. I'm sure too. For me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you work? How, you know, you've, you sort of referenced the program, but specifically how do people uh, work with you? 
So, so how people work is we have a conversation to see if it's a good fit. And I feel like we could help you. And I don't mm-hmm. offer will to everyone who I have a conversation mm-hmm. with. It has to really feel like a right fit. Yeah. And if it does, and you choose to enroll in the program, uh, the way that we're shifting things actually in 2021 is that there's going to be a self-study option. Mm-hmm. where people can move through there's I had built an online course that really lays this whole ease process out step by step with videos mm-hmm. and worksheets and so you could someone could choose to walk through that really step by step while still joining uh, what I call community calls so mm-hmm. there are women all over the country and literally all over the world now there's a will member in Hong Kong there's one in Switzerland there's one in Greece so oh. there are we all get on a zoom community call a few times a month and there are other special events but where you get to get support and get your questions answered and really break the isolation and see that you're not the only woman (laughs) who hated what you were doing and you can be fully honest in yourself in this community Um, so there's going to be that self-study option and then there's going to be a more supported and elevated option where you're getting one-on-one coaching and you're getting all the other, you know, the online course, everything, and all the community support, plus one-on-one coaching in a small group pod where you'll like have a community within the community. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a VIP option, uh, which is working with me directly through with all the other juicy bits mm-hmm. plus working with me one-on-one. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, where can and. Um- what is your website? Where is the best place for people to find you? Yeah, the best place is the website, which is all one word, www.womeninterestedinleavinglaw.com. So again, it's all one long URL, womeninterestedinleavinglaw.com. Nice, nice. Well, Elena, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I feel like I just got to talk about all my favorite topics. <laughs> Oh, Elena, I can't hear you. Megan, we could talk for a really, really long time about all this. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love your podcast. I love the graphics. I love everything about what you're doing in the world. So thank you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. And it, I'm, it's very interesting to hear about your work. I know a lot of people really need this support. Happy to be here doing it. It really feels right, well, like th- my calling. <laughs> Well, thank you, Elena. It was great talking. Bye.